All right, folks, John Henning here with the Franchise Radio Show, and on today's episode, we're joined by Shauna McCoy, the CEO and founder of Donut Distillery. Shauna, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Oh, yeah, very welcome. So what I'd like to do, Shauna, before we get into the business stuff, is I want to talk a little bit about you. Can you share with us um, just a little bit about yourself personally, um, you know, where do you live, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, well, let's see. I live um, right outside Nashville, Tennessee. And we've lived here for about 10 years. Originally, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, I have three kids. Two of them are more grown, a 23-year-old, almost 21. And then I got a 14-year-old bringing up the rear there. Good deal, good deal. Well, I noticed that you didn't quite have uh, as much of the native Tennessee accent. Do they consider you native yet, or are you still from New Mexico? Um, I think I'm native. Um, we have <laughs> we have so many people moving into our great state right now that the we call people who are actually from here unicorns because there's very few actual people from here. Um, so yeah, I've been here long enough that I feel like I'm a native now. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I want to jump right into the business stuff. Can you start a little bit and tell us a little bit about? you know, how you got into franchising and lead us kind of into, which I would assume leads into the history of the company a little bit there for us? Sure. Um, well, we, we've, we've not, we started out as a food truck. Um, I was in the um, corporate world and not super happy with it, as I think happens to people, and was very anxious to do something on my own. Um, didn't know that I could swing a whole big, investment and um, took the opportunity to start a food truck. Um, it was a lot of fun, um, lots of work, physical work. People underestimate how hard the food truck business is. It's very hard. So, um, but we, we did well, um, but it, you know, we're traveling all over and people were constantly asking, where can we get this? Where can we get this? Um, so we, um, Finally took a, a big leap, and on, honestly, we, we kind of toyed with it for a while. We we had the food truck for a little over two years, but you know, for good over a good year, we kind of bantered. My husband and I bantered back and forth of, do we want to do this? And you know, he's like, Ugh, no, our whole you know our whole life savings we're going to put into something we uh, you know, we don't know. Um, and um, literally one day, I finally decided I need to figure out how to get him to be all in because he was mm-hmm. just kind of half in. And I didn't think we could run a business with a half an in. So I said, what if we sold beer? <laughs> okay. And he said, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So it was really just knowing your audience. And um, that was, um, at the time, that was my, my only main audience. Um, I have come to find that he's not the only one that likes beer. No. So, um, and donuts. So it really worked out um, very well, and so we we did take the leap and um, started our shop um, almost actually three years ago. We opened in a, it's a very cool area of Nashville. It's called East Nashville. It's just right on the other side of the river, on the east side, um, ironically, <laughs> and um, it's kind of an eclectic little kind of. Um, hipster kind of area. Um, it's got some nice bars and restaurants and little shops and just it's just um, a little bit more historic area and people walk and um, so we found a location there and that's how it started. 
Um, we were in business for not quite a year when we had a, a tornado, a five mm-hmm. tornado hit um, right where we are. It somehow bounced over our building and our neighbors t- all over us, some devastating, destroyed businesses gone, um, oh. you know, it's crazy. Um, and then a week later, everything shut down because of COVID. So it was an interesting time. We had been in business not even a year, but we were doing well. And so we thought, you know what, we're going to figure this out. Um, we were um, fortunate enough during COVID that we, you know, we kind of had to dig deep and reinvent a few things and um, came out the other side of it. Uh, but before that, we had gotten approached like people saying, oh, you should open one of these in Iowa, we should open one of these in Indiana or Florida. You know, people come in all the time mm-hmm. saying that, this is great. And, you know, so we kind of thought about it. Well, then COVID hit and we're like, uh, er, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, well, then right as we're coming up, you know, about coming off the backside of that, we thought, you know what, we still are hearing this and um, we've, we've made it through what we hope is the worst part of it. And I think yeah, we, should, we hope so. Yeah, yeah, we should be able to get this done now, and so that's how the franchise came um, because we want to we want to share what we do. It's so much fun, and um, it's different. Um, it's a different place. Um, I had somebody ask me the other day, "Is it a don't? Do you walk in feel like you're in a donut shop, or do you walk in feel like you're in a bar?" I said, "Well, neither." Well, that's that's actually my very next question, Shauna, is is about (laughs) uniqueness of your business. Tell us about the model itself. What makes it unique? What separates you apart from all the other shops in a row? Um, Well, first of all, we have mini donuts. So they're mini cake donuts. We make them fresh all day long as Mm -hmm. needed. So they should be hot, fresh. Um, You're not going to get donuts that were made at 6 a.m., and eat them, you know, at 4 p.m., and they've been sitting in a case all day. So we keep them hot and fresh, um, and we top them in all kinds of fun ways. So when you come in, we have some signature flavors, but you could also, if you wanted to, just create your own. We put things like Fruity Pebbles, Reese's, Tang on donuts, um, and we make them to order. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the mini size is nice because, you know, you can get lots of different flavors. You don't have to just eat one giant huge, heavy thing. Um, so that's that's the first thing that we do. We, we, are, we are a donut shop, but a different kind of donut shop in that way. We have wonderful coffee. We use a, a roaster right here um, in Tennessee. We have great coffee. And then um, on the over 21 side of the menu, we have fun things. We do one of our most popular things is we do flights. We do flights of mimosas. So we okay. have Prosecco on tap. Um, and we do flights of different types of juices, and we pair them all with donuts. We do flights of beers. We've come up with some great coffee cocktails that we also um, pair with donuts. So those are some of our popular things. And then um, we have spike shakes. We have um, shots that coincide with all of our um, different donuts. So we have a Reese's shot and a Fruity Pebbles shot and... Um, so that's that side of the menu. So we have we have something for everyone. It kind of goes all over. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. I can hear it in your voice. You're like you're going through all these things that are unique, and you just listed off like five different <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Like it is I, fun. Yes. Yeah. I can we hear have it. um yeah. we have a little tiny stage, and we put some we play music um, during the 
day, sometimes on Saturdays and Saturday nights we'll have live music. We are in Nashville, so we have um, ample people to play some that are great musicians, so we try to take advantage of that. Um, and then even without that, we, we, we like to pump up the music and play, play fun stuff that people can sit in their chair and kind of move to and have a good time. And that's kind of kind of our goal is more, I mean, our, our donuts are wonderful, our drinks are wonderful, but really we hope that people walk in and just have a good experience, have a good day, have fun. That's great. That's great. Now, let's talk about your franchise owners. Like, who would you say is a target ideal franchise owner for you guys? Is it somebody that, you know, wants to crunch the numbers all the time and look at the spreadsheets? Is it somebody who wants to maybe enjoy what they do? Somebody is looking for something unique, a combination of the above. Who are you looking for? You know, a little bit of both, honestly. Um, we... We kind of do, you know, somebody needs to be able to do both those things. Um, I definitely like to crunch the numbers. I could sit in front of spreadsheets all day. Um, not that I want to, but I, I could. Um, I don't, um, but it's it's just fun to be there. So somebody who's going to definitely enjoy being there, um, that's going to be a good community person that likes to get out in the community and, um, you know, people come in and even though, because we're in Nashville, we do have a lot of tourists. Um, but people do come in because they like us. We have good service. Uh, you know, we smile. And, you know, we again, we just want to make sure that when people come in that they have a good experience. So it does need to be somebody who can obviously run a business and, you know, make sure that expenses are where they're supposed to be and, you know, you're doing the right things. But also that you're going to be able to to let loose and be like, hey, have a good day. This is fun. Um you know, making donuts is, you know, it can be get kind of stressful because there's a line of people out the door. And i got employees who will get a little bit stressed and, you know, constantly telling them, it's just donuts. We're giving them donuts. It's not brain surgery. People's lives are on the line here. We're giving them donuts. We're making them as fast as we can. And for the most part, people understand that. They're waiting. They're waiting for what we're giving them, and they know that we're making them. Um, we don't have them back there already made that we can just hand them. So, you know, it's part of the experience is that sure. you want something fresh, we're going to make it for you. And it does take a minute. Um, but, yeah, so for the ideal person, yeah, definitely something with a little bit of business savvy, uh, um, but also somebody with some common sense that can doesn't don't have to have restaurant experience. Um, restaurant experience is good, but it might not always be, you know, because it is a whole different concept. So it's not a hard thing to learn. Um, Let's talk about the day in the life of a franchise owner. What uh, what would a franchise owner do every day? You mentioned some community interaction, um, you know, handling some of the back end. Like, what's a day in the life of just a typical day? I know it varies, you know, as a business owner. You can be <laughs> doing, a, you know, a million different things. What's a normal-ish day look like? Normal-ish? Um, well, I, I tend to take – the first part of the week to try to knock out some of the business things, you know, payroll and, you know, all, you know, all those kind of things, checking to see how we did over the weekend. Uh, weekends are definitely our busiest time. So I'll take those times and let, you know, our, um, you know, the people that our staff can usually handle during the week is not nearly as busy. So we'll take the beginning of the week to make sure we have inventory ordered and we have, you know, all those kind of things that we're, we need to get ready for. And um, 
And then on the weekends is on Saturdays and Sundays are definitely our uh, busiest days. So usually trying to be there most of those days, um, getting up. We don't open super early, and we're we're in the mix of trying to change our hours. We open from eight to three every day. But mm-hmm. Saturdays, we now open till ten on Saturdays. We're kind of just doing it one day at a time, as we can find staff, which is not exactly easy, but we're we're getting there. Um, so when COVID hit, we 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 crunched our hours down so that we have one shift. Um, we didn't want to have a lot of employees. We didn't want to have a lot of people there, so it was one shift. And now we're just we're trying to expand our hours back, so we don't have to get there super early. But you know, it takes about an hour to get everything ready. So you know. Um, I get there around 8, usually on a Saturday. We close at 3. That would mean leaving around 4. Um, and it's a busy. It's just busy, just trying to make sure that, you know, we got all of our people taken care of and we're making donuts. We're just making donuts all day long. That is great. That's great. I love the, the idea of, of having that type of schedule. I know you were kind of forced into it, but and then testing back into – you know, where, where does it make sense? You know, back in the, quote, old days in 2019, it was like it seemed like every restaurant was open from the crack, of, the crack of daylight until really late in the evening. And I knew that, you know, through COVID there would be some crunching of that schedule, and it seems like you guys handled it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, we did. We do. Um, so in the mix of all this, we also opened a um, in a food hall that is on Broadway right in, in Nashville. Um, they, they approached us before – before the pandemic, but it was such a large um, construction project. They finished right at a year ago, and um, that's when we opened there. And we are open in the evenings there. So if people really want some donuts, they can get them till at least 9 o'clock over there. Oh, good deal, good deal. Well, let's let's talk about some uh, a top misconception. When folks first start talking with you, Shauna, what is it that they come to you thinking that they know about the business already that you kind of have to dispel the myth or something that they think they know about the industry? What is it that, you know, just like nine out of ten times when I talk with folks, this is what they think about what we do? Um, they don't, um, I think, I don't really have too many crazy questions. I think um, our food cost, I think, is something that's very surprising to people. It's very low. Mm-hmm. Um and that is um, probably one of the best things about what we do is that our food cost is low. We don't have um, a lot of perishable items. You know, milk, we go through milk rather quickly. But, you know, there's no ordering steaks and chicken and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you don't sell, you have to throw in the trash. So mm-hmm. um, we don't have a lot of that kind of a waste. And so it's, it's a lot easier to control the expenses from that side of it. Oh, good. Good, yeah. I would, I would think that that would be a big question that folks would have, especially um, not coming from the, the food industry even, where folks are concerned about, you know, what are my big expenses going to be, how much how much food right. am I get sitting around that might expire, that kind of thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. Now, why should somebody get into the industry? I mean, there's a lot of different food businesses out there today. You have a very unique business model, so I want to kind of throw one out there for you. Like, why should somebody think about getting into this part of the industry in the in the food service? Um, well, first of all, because our food cost is low, that's one really good reason. Um, yeah. Also, what we do is very unique, and it's fun, and nobody else does it. So you're not going to be competing with somebody down the street because really right now nobody else does what we do. 
Um, we have a lot of donut shops right near us, by the way. There are two donut shops within a mile. Um, and we all do fine. We all do great. It's a different experience when you go to the two, the two other shops. They're very good, but it's different. And so we all, we're all able to still be successful, um, at what we do. So that's, you know, not, not a big, not a big issue. But really it's what we do is fun and what we're, what we're providing people is a different experience. And, um, again, nobody else does it. You know, I'm picking up on that because you've mentioned it a couple of times during our chat here about, you know, what, what's really bringing the folks in. And I think that it's one of those things is that experience. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can go to almost any store out there today and get a prepackaged donut and a cellophane, right. you know what I mean, right. a, a piece, right. of, piece of cake in a circle that they're calling a donut, right? And, sure. you know, it, it's been sitting there for, you know, two days sometimes. Whereas here, they're coming in for the experience. Now, now. You know, picture in our minds here for us, Shauna, when somebody walks in, are they seeing the donuts made? Are they made in the back? How does the production work? Our donuts, so at, in, at our shop in East Nashville, our donuts are made in the, in the back. However, um, for franchises, they're going to be made right where people can see them. And at sure. the food hall, you can see them. We have a little, what they call a donut robot, um, so you can watch them. I would, in all the franchises, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that it's more of the open kitchen concept. People really enjoy that. They want to see them made. You can kind of see them from the side. The way our building, we have a strange little building, and we have a drive-through, which is wonderful, but not something you know that somebody has to have. It served us well for COVID, for sure. Um, but because of that, we were the way we set it up. The open kitchen was not an option, um, but it, it, it is um, going forward in the, the franchises that we're opening. They are going to have that, so people can come in and watch the donuts come off the machine, which is fascinating. They can see them being decorated right in front of them, so it's that makes a lot sense. more fun that way. Yeah, sure, sure, it makes sense. Yeah, that's part of that experience for the franchise owners, right? So, um, yeah. What are some hot areas in the country now you would want to hear from people from, like, what cities or states are you saying, man, this would just go crazy in this market? Um, goodness. You know, it's it's funny. We are opening a shop real soon in um, a little town called Portsmouth, Ohio. It's a small, quaint little blue-collar town, and you would think that wouldn't be our target market. Um, but we have put on Facebook just a couple of teasers, like we're opening soon, and they have shared it like 800 times. Wow. So I think I think the point is is that it doesn't really matter where you live. People want to go someplace cool. It doesn't matter that it's a, a sure. small little town or a big city. Just because you're not in a big city doesn't mean you don't want to go someplace fun or do something different. So um, they have a nice little, uh, uh, nice little university right there with them. So I think that's going to help. So, um, but as far as you know, states. I think some hot states would definitely be places like Texas and Florida. Um, talking to people in California right now, a little bit. Um, unsure about the liquor laws there and if they mm-hmm. can get beer and wine. And that's also probably a misconception that um, we, you know, we have a full liquor license here, but it's not necessary. Um, mm-hmm. if, if a state does um, like a beer and wine and then the liquor, um, that would be fine. You would be fine with just beer and wine. We can make that happen. Sure, sure. I know what you mean. Because yeah, different, different states have different licenses available for sure. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 
Now, how long does it take to get open? Like somebody comes through your process, they learn about your business, you like them, they like you, they decide to join the system, they get approved, they sign the franchise agreement, they make the franchise fee payment. From that point, that's day one of me opening my business. How long roughly does it take to open one of these things up? Um, it really depends on a few things. First of all, you know, your your contractor, your building, what, what the build-out needs to look, look like. Um, if you're walking into, you know, a restaurant that was already there and just, you know, needs just a few little updates and you have a contractor that's pretty quick, you know, we can we can turn this around, you know, in a couple months easy. I would say 60 days, that wouldn't be too hard. Um, you know, getting things ordered and, and stuff like that, we have to kind of work around just a little bit. But um, it really depends on your, on what you, what you, how fast you can do it. We can sure. we can turn everything in around. I would say average would probably be about ninety days, though. Yeah, it makes sense. It seems seems fairly easy to open up as far as like if you have everything you need that you guys are bringing to the table. That way, you're helping them, you know, not make the mistakes and getting it right the yeah. first and that kind of thing, right? If you know somebody's going to try it on their own, it's going to be completely different, right? So that's the whole uh, idea yeah. of franchise. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Take take advantage of the five years of mistakes that we made. <laughs> right. right, exactly. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of different things you would do differently now, and that's the yes. beauty of a franchise is that, they're, you know, they're paying for that. You know, I always say starting out on third base and they just have to hit a solid single to run in, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Now, let's talk about the cost and the numbers here a little bit. You know, what would you say, um, and I know how the franchise disclosure documents work, what would you say your estimate is on, you know, total cost of entry, what's the franchise fee, that kind of thing? Um, the franchise fee is twenty nine nine. I would say, um, you know, again, it completely depends on a few different factors. Obviously, first of all, the building. You know, that's one of our biggest expenses is our rent. Um, but you, you know, again, I mentioned the place that's opening in Ohio. Their rent is not is not like ours. So you know, there's you know a difference there. Um, so it depends on where you're at and how much you're. Your your rent is or your you know your rent is going to be and your and how much your build up is going to be, um, but so you're you know you're looking at about 150 to 300, probably. Okay, good, good, and that's a uh, that includes the franchise cost. You guys are going to help yep. them with everything mm-hmm. they need to get started, all the equipment, mm-hmm. the you know all that stuff, and then uh, real quick just to follow up on that because I didn't ask, what kind of footprint are you looking for? Is this you know a couple hundred square feet, couple thousand square feet? What kind of footprint are you guys looking for? Um, I would say you probably would want to get at least 1,800 square feet, you know, and, and we're working, we'll work with every franchise. If they come and they're like, look, I got a, you know, this great building, but, you know, this is the situation, you know, we can try to figure out how we can, we're flexible. It, we're not like, no, that's no way. We're definitely flexible um, in trying to help make sure that, you know, our, our main goal is to make sure that they're successful. And so we want to make sure that it, you know all of our franchises are very successful. So we'll do anything we have to do to make sure that that happens. So if somebody has a building, you know we can we can help them with what. But you do want to make sure you do have enough seats in there because people do come in and sit down. And right now we have about 50 seats in our location. Um, and last year we add we took away. Um, part of the drive-through so people we still have a drive-through but they don't actually drive through a path like they used to mm-hmm. they just kind of drive around the building in a different direction um and we took that whole space up 
and put picnic tables because we need seats and we we have picnic tables all over there and there you know yesterday they were full all six picnic tables were full so um you know we you want to have enough seats for people in the state of Tennessee weirdly you have to have 41 seats to get a liquor license don't ask me why 41 why not 40 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> arbitrary number to me but yep. you know somebody made a law somewhere so those are just some things to consider but i would say you know 1800 square feet you would be you'd be good and if, and if you got a little bit bigger that'd be fine too so okay good deal well i want to give you the the last word here, Shauna, uh, give us a recap. Just run us through, you know, one or two minutes of this is Donut Distillery. This is, you know, why you should think about reaching out to us and, you know, kind of how, how should folks reach out to you. We'll make sure to include all your contact information in the link as well. Oh, okay, great. Um, people can reach me um, email or phone call, whatever's easier. Happy to have any kind of conversation at any time. Um, and why they should do it because it's it's – you know, if you're looking to do something on your own, it's very satisfying. Um, like, again, I said, you know, our costs are low. Um, I think as as people realize what they can do, there's a lot of opportunity out there. We are very unique. Um, people don't, you're not going to find something like what we do down the street. And so it makes it fun and exciting um, to do that. Um, I can't remember what the other questions were. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I just want to make sure that you you included your uh, your website on there or your email address or phone number. Okay. Yeah. That you, you want to share with the listeners. Oh, yes, definitely. Our website is actually just www.donutdistillery.com. And I highly encourage you to take a look at our website, but also go to Instagram. We have a great Instagram as far as, you know, to see pictures. There, That is one thing. Um, uh, you know, I did tell you I have um, three kids and my littlest one who's now 14, but, you know, when he is working, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, um, he, it, one of his things has always been before you take a donut and give it to somebody, look at it and make sure it's Instagrammable. Instagrammable, yes. Now, uh-huh, he coined that term because everybody that grabs our donuts, they it's amazing when they take their food, the first thing they do is take a picture of it. Sure. Because they're very cute. And so I do recommend that you take a look at our Instagram and um, look at the pictures and you get a little bit of an idea of, you know, just the, the vibe of the whole shop and what we're, and what we're doing. And, Sean, is your Instagram at Donut Distillery? Is that the one yes. you have? Okay, mm-hmm. good deal. We'll make sure to include that, the website, <clears throat> um, your, you know, office phone number and everything right on the, the link for everybody. We appreciate your time for sure. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. You're welcome. And, folks, we were just joined by Shauna McCoy, the CEO and founder of Donut Distillery. We'll make sure to include all the contact information right underneath this video. And make sure when you call Shauna, mention that you heard about her on the Franchise Radio Show. Thanks, Shauna. Thank you.